present always has something better in store for us, God. So let's just take five seconds to say, God, thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you for your mercy, your grace. Thank you for your blessing, for your favor. Oh, some of you act like you don't believe that. Come on. How many are grateful that God did not give up on you, that he's with you, that he's for you? You might need to remind your own soul and your mind that God's not done yet. He's developing. He's growing you. What a good God. Good morning. Everybody good? Good. Can we welcome those online and particularly the men of Lansing Correctional? We love you guys so much. It's resurrection season around here. Man, I'm pumped to preach today. I was preaching a little long on the plaza. I had to hustle back up here. But I'm here. We ready? Good. You guys, grab your seats. Let's take the worship team for an amazing job, as always. Production team, as well. You guys didn't clap very much for them. Okay. I missed worship here, so maybe it wasn't, you know. Sorry it wasn't up to your standards. Okay. Picky crowd. Hey, we're in uh, this Bible year. We're reading through the Bible. Uh, and we're, the messages from and the ministry of the church are, are kind of walking in tune and alignment with what we just read or what we're about ready to read. And today, uh, we finish uh, the book of Joshua. How many of you like Joshua? How many of you actually are reading with us? Come on, one, it's one time you get to brag on your faithfulness is you've been reading the Bible with us. I love Joshua. So one of the things I don't like about this Bible year thing we're doing, I loved it so far, but it's when we hit like a book that I love where I've got like 11 messages I wanna bring, I am not able to do that because we're just rolling on to Judges tomorrow, which is great. I mean, you know, we'll, we got Samson and Deborah and Judges, but I love the book of Joshua. And here's why I like it. I like it because it just took two men to trust God to bring generational breakthrough. I like it because there's battles to be fought in the promised places of God for your life. And so what I'm going to do today in my 33 minutes and 44 seconds, which we know is going to be 36 minutes and 59 seconds, uh, I want to break down what I think is the key message for us to learn in the entire book of Joshua. I love Joshua. There's lots of battles in there. It kind of scratches my testosterone itch. Um, it's a beautiful story of God's faithfulness to keep his word if you'll believe it. If you'll believe it, you can have it. If you believe it, God will do it. Once in a generation moment where Moses dies in the very beginning. In fact, he dies at the end of the story. And at the beginning of Joshua, it's just a, the opportunity for there to be a changing of the guard. God says, hey, everything I wanted to do from the previous generation, I didn't get to do. Think about that. God says, my heart was to do something for my people that didn't get opened. The gift didn't get unwrapped. The door remained closed. Why? Because one decision on one day, they, they, they saw the miracles and they saw the power of God and the deliverance out of Egypt. And yes, they had a journey in the wilderness for God to get Egypt out of them, but they were going to enter into the promised land. He was going to keep his word to Moses' this generation. But everyone else says, yeah, we know we saw the miracles before, but I don't think God could do this. I don't think God could take down the strong walls. I don't think God can beat the giants. And so we're going to stay in the desert, and we're going to die in the desert. We're going to die short of the blessing and the favor and the fulfillment of generational legacy and lineage of what we wanted to do. But God, God's heart was to answer that desire that they had. But they didn't get it, except 
for two OG guys, Joshua and Caleb, said that if God said it, we'll believe it. If you only get one thing out of today, what God has spoken to your heart in correspondence with the word of God, if you will believe it, God will do it. If you can trust him, God will open every single door. Are you tired of the wilderness? Are you ready to get out of the desert? Are you tired of the desert? The place in between, where you're not where you used to be, but you're not where you feel like you're called to be. I don't know about you, there's some areas in my life, I'm tired of the wilderness. I'm ready to exit the desert and to step into destiny. Joshua, at his core, if we're learning one lesson from him, is that he took God at his word. Not everything happened overnight. There were battles to fight, and there was days of obedience, keep walking faithfully. He had to follow him wholeheartedly, but he saw more, more than he could have ever believed for because he took God at his word. Moses was the deliverer, but Joshua was the conqueror. You have the spirit of a conqueror. The Bible says we are overwhelming victorious. We are more than conquerors. There is more for your life. Second Corinthians chapter one says, for no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ. And through him, an amen, a so be it, a yes from us is spoken, not for our own glory, but to the glory of God. Do you know when your life works? When your marriage works, won't be perfect, but when it's making progress. When your kids grow up and glorify God. When your prodigal sons and daughters return back home. When your career moves forward and you don't make it about you, but you give the glory to God. That's how you know that the promises of God are being established in your life. So if we're going to learn from the book of Joshua, Joshua 11 messages all rolled into one. We will be here till Resurrection Sunday. Uh, we're going to learn today how to step into God's promises. Uh, I believe it's, it's a challenging message, warning. But I, I do believe it, it, it could be a life-defining, legacy-changing message if you'll receive it and you'll believe it and you'll activate it through obedience today. Can we pray? Lord, I pray over our church family. Everyone is a part of this family of faith. Every guest here, everyone online, all the men of Lansing. Lord, I don't know what their desert season looks like. I don't know where they feel like they're still stuck in the wilderness. I don't know what door of destiny hasn't opened yet. But Lord, we know your goodness. We call you Father God. You're the God that created everything, but you wanted to reveal your nature to us as a perfect father. And what good thing would you withhold from us as we walk with you? Our Father that knows things perfectly, has something planned intentionally to do something powerfully in our life. Every good and perfect gift comes down from that Father. And we want to receive every gift that you have for us. So, Lord, we're going to take you at your word today. We're going to put our trust in you. And let us step with obedience into every promise that you've prepared for us. Our hearts are ready, not just to hear, but to obey today. In Jesus' name, can I get a robust amen? Amen, amen. How to step into God's promises. Now, believing in the promises of God, let me, let, me, let me make this very clear. This is not name it, claim it. Okay, you don't just get to pray one prayer and it all happens. Like, th there's some problems in the promise land we'll look at in a moment. And God could have removed them in a moment. Do you know God is more powerful than Thanos? 
He can't snap a finger. He doesn't have to do anything. And he can remove every hindrance in the situation in the promised land, in, in Canaan, in, in what would be Israel. He could take care of it in a moment, but he doesn't because God is interested in our development. God is good. God is faithful. God is kind. God is merciful. God is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him, but God doesn't do it immediately. So when I say we're going to activate the promises of God in our life, I'm not saying we're going to pray one prayer and everything's going to work. Now, there are times when miraculous power show up in a situation. We have prayed for people, and God in that moment divinely healed them. Now, there are moments when we pray, and they got to go back to the doctor and keep on their routine. Some things take time, and in those times and in those seasons, there is development. And God is much more concerned with your character and your growth than just giving everything to you on a silver platter. And what God wanted to do, particularly with this generation, was to teach them how to follow and obey his word in order to have the reward that ultimately he would change the whole world through. Because the Messiah, the promised one, comes from the promised land. And if they never occupied the promised land, we never get the promised one. So God is teaching them what it looks like to follow him for generations to come because God is always doing something bigger than just a little breakthrough that you're believing for. And so we stand on the promises, but we've got to learn to walk in the promises, which means we have obedience to the ways of God. And although Joshua's story is historical, I believe it's very relatable because in this story we get a master class in faith and fortitude. That not everything just comes by faith, because James, Jesus' brother, writes his book and says, faith without faithfulness or action, faith without obedience is dead. In other words, it's just talk. We've got to learn to walk it out. And what we see in Joshua is how to have faith and how to trust him for the long haul. And if you will have faith, maybe today you get your faith back, and you'll have fortitude, or you'll be willing to, to stay the course, you will see in the long haul, God will do greater than the thing you were even believing for. Now, the most famous verse in Joshua, Joshua chapter 1, verse 3, we love this one. It says, I will give you every place where you set your foot, as I promised Moses. In other words, I've been wanting to do this forever. I'm going to do it for you. Everywhere you put your foot in the promised land, that's a place for you to occupy. Now, it's a little different day and age. We're, we're not conquering a place. We're not fighting uh, physical people or enemies. Uh, we're, we're believing for destiny. We're believing for our family's life to be fulfilled. We're believing for our careers to move forward. We're believing for peace of mind and heart and joy and the fruit of the Spirit. We're believing for those things. I wish this was true. Then I would be going on some open houses today. I'd be putting my feet up into some houses today. <laughs> And be saying, thank you very much. Oh, master closet, this is great. <laughs> Believe it or not, I actually have more clothes than Liz. It's a problem. <laughs> but it isn't everywhere you put your feet physically. It's everything you, you believe for and stand on, you will see come to pass. God says, if you step, I'll secure it. If you have faith to start and to keep moving forward, I'll have the faithfulness to finish it in your life. And what Joshua learns in his whole story that we need to make sure is anchored to our faith is that God is faithful and we have a step to take. That we have a part to play. Great big God and then daily steps of obedience for us. Now I want to take us to the end of the story. In fact, you just read this yesterday if you're in the Bible reading plan with us. Like, I want you to say this is how it starts, this big, big old promise. And then we'll see how it ends. 
in Joshua 21. So the Lord gave to Israel all the land of which he had sworn to give their fathers. And they took possession of it, and they dwelt in it. The Lord gave them rest all around. In other words, peace in their life all around. How many feel like that's a good portion for every one of us to have in this day and age? Some peace in our family, some peace in our mind, in our heart. According to what he had sworn to the fathers, not a man of all their enemies. In other words, there wasn't a single foe left around that stood against them. No, the Lord delivered them all of their enemies in life. But I love this. Not a word failed of any good thing which the Lord had spoken to his people, the house of Israel. It all came to pass. Joshua echoes that and says, not one thing in verse 14. Not one of the good things which the Lord God spoke concerning you. Not one of them failed. God doesn't fail. Now, God does not fix every problem in the moment. But God will grow you. God will establish you. And God will stretch you to make you better than even what you were believing to become. But his word doesn't fail. Because why? We get inspired with the passage of everywhere we put our foot. God's going to give it to us. But what we don't know is that this is going to be a long journey. That our life of faithfulness, in fact, the longer you are walking and believing and not seeing, the greater the reward is in the long run. So for some of you, that is actually good news and a place to glorify God because you've been walking in faithfulness for a long time and you haven't seen it yet. It just means it's an area where God is going to do something greater. Not one thing failed. Now here's the situation that we know is that when they walk into the promised land, they're also facing some problems. There's a problem called Jericho. There's a problem called a, a raging river, the Jordan River in front of them. There's a problem called seven different kings had established their own little kingdom in this little sliver of land. I'm sorry, seven different nations, 31 different kings were all there. In this tiny little place that God said, that's my portion for my people. The enemy knew that that was the place of promise and destiny for God's people. And so we purposely occupied it with some of the strongest and some of the greatest nations of the known world. Why? The enemy wants to disrupt the promises of God in your life. So when you know you're saying yes to the promise, God's not Thanosing everything in the moment, but he's actually asking you to trust him in the process, even in the midst of problems. What type of problems are you going to face? Well, there's some problems that you'll face that will actually cost you. There's going to be some battles, but this will actually cost you the place where you are called to occupy. The first one is looking back. If you're a person that's constantly looking back, you will never step forward in what God has for you. We see it over and again. In fact, even in Joshua 1, we see the name Moses pop up. Yesterday's great leader, Moses, is now dead. But in the first nine verses, he's mentioned six times. He's mentioned in the book of, of Joshua 57 times. That people had this opportunity to say, well, Joshua's a little different. We, we liked Moses, but, but what about Joshua? In fact, even in the wilderness, the people complained. Like, it would be better for us to go back into captivity and slavery than to have to live this journey of faith. And if you are a person looking back and two things that we look back at, we look back at how bad it was and wondering where was God. Sometimes we look back and think about how good it was when life was easier and God, why is it hard now? Both of those perspectives will cost you the promised place that God has for you. I'm just gonna tell you right now, it's not gonna look the same. On Thursday, we celebrated my baby girl's third birthday, which means it is three days since stay-at-home order started in our world. How I many know it feels like 
like three months and 30 years at the same time. The, the, the moment of disruption, how many know the world is forever changed? And I mean forever. It is not going back to how it used to be. I'm not saying doom and gloom. I'm not saying there's more pandemics on the horizon. I'm just saying it is exposed just to toxicity and, and issues and struggles and strife in our world. Because when you put pressure on something, it reveals what's on the inside. And how many know what was inside of our nation, what's been inside the whole world, what's been inside some of our relationships, wasn't all that good. So things are not going back, but guess what? God is not surprised by any of this. Things are moving on into something greater. This is why we're declaring it's a resurrection season and a revival because things have changed, but God is up to something, up to something greater. Second problem that will cost you in your promised land is the problem of standing still. If they don't take steps, Joshua 1.3, then they don't get place or placement or promise. Fulfilling the promises of God require that we walk by faith. And God leads us by steps. God does not bless, or the Bible says he orders the steps of a righteous man. He does not order the leaps and bounds. And some of us are like wanting to take these giant leaps into things when God says, no, I just need you to learn how to trust me every single day. We say here at Kingdom City, destiny is a daily decision. You don't just get up one day and step into being the world changer you're called to be. It is an everyday decision that you make to be faithful to God who is always faithful to you and that he will reward you with a new frontier that you are in that you can never have established for yourself. The third problem that we face is just giving up. And some of you, in the last three years, maybe the last three weeks, you have given up believing it could ever be better or that God will bring breakthrough in that barrier or that problem in your life. This is why, on repeat, God says, be strong and very courageous. Be strong and very courageous. He says in verse seven and eight, do not turn from the right or to the left, and if you would just stay the course, you will be successful everywhere you go as long as you're going to the place I have directed you. Jesus says it this way, a little bit more directly, Luke chapter nine. No one having put his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. That if you're either staying in or you're saying no, you're either on the journey or you've given up. Good news though, if you have quit in an area of your life, you can quit quitting today. You can stop saying, no, I can't do it anymore, starting right now. That you can, by the grace and mercy of God, because guess what? It says in Corinthians, every promise in Christ, this is where we are now in this new covenant life that we have. Every promise we have in Christ is yes and amen. That means where we fail, we don't fail because he will pick us back up and he'll give us a fresh start. And we can believe again. We can contend for his best again. We can own his promises and walk in them again. Joshua chapter one, we see the start that is so exciting. Everywhere you get your feet down, the soles of your feet tread, everywhere you put like your sandal, I'm gonna give you that space. That's awesome. And we see the end, that God's going to keep his word. Starting is exciting, and some of you get inspired to start today, but it's actually finishing that counts. You do not see any 26.1 bumper stickers on people's car. And I wonder how many of us are right on the verge of crossing over into that place of calling, that place of blessing, that place of favor in our relationship, place of 
God's best in our families, and we're right there, and that's when the, the how many know if you're running a race, it's the hardest right at the end? Because you've gained up everything you've got to get to that point. And if that's been you, I just want to encourage you today. Do not quit where you're at. And we start doing the steps that we'll see that Joshua took in a moment. And you will get fresh momentum and fresh perspective again to finish and see every promise of God will be yes and amen in your life. Because I believe commitment is a key to accomplishment of calling in all of our lives. Because God is a finisher and he is always faithful. So how then, if we got some problems, how then do we step in to the promises of God in our life? The first thing we see is we have to step up our courage. Courage. Well, what's the difference between faith and courage? Not much. Courage is the ability to say yes to God every single time something is asked. Courage is an inside commitment that I am not quitting. In fact, that is what we see on repeat to Joshua in Joshua chapter one. Four different times, three from God, one from the assembly of the saints there, is that they says, hey, be strong and courageous. In other words, in the beginning, the one thing God tells them, and he, he hammers it over and over and over again, because the key to learning and retention is, is repeating. The key to learning and retention is repeating. The, okay. God makes sure that he knows all I really need from you, Joshua, is that when everyone else didn't have courage in the desert, you did. You were strong and they were weak. They died and yours did a step into destiny. And so that same spirit you had back then, I need you to keep up that courage and keep up that strength. In other words, you've got to learn a believer to bring your own guts into this thing. Not just to talk a big talk, not just to be inspired in a worship service, but every day obedience to God takes courage and strength. This message is on repeat. My daughter, uh, my oldest, uh, she was in the school play on, um, on Thursday, and uh, she was the lead. She was Esther for such a time as this, beautiful like her mother, and who married a king? Hello, hey. And she got up to sing her solo. Now let's, okay, she, she's in fifth grade, she's 11 years old. She's on stage by herself, singing a song. How many are already terrified putting yourself in that seat, right? And she gets up and she starts singing, but we can't hear anything. Because the sound person, which we love our sound people so much, they never mess up on my microphone, in Jesus' name. <laughs> Hadn't turned it on yet. And you could see this split moment where she knew no one can hear me. And her eyes got big, and I saw a little rosy cheek show up, and she squirmed just a little bit, but girl kept singing. And eventually it clicked on, and everyone was saved. No. <laughs> and it was awesome, she crushed it. I'm biased, but she crushed it. But in that first moment, oh, this isn't working. What do I do? Girl stayed poised didn't quit, she didn't look to the right or left, she just kept singing. There is something in life that you will accomplish with God when you refuse to not tune out when things aren't working out. If you'll keep singing, or standing, or believing, or obeying, or trusting when it isn't working right. That's courage, that's faith. And I've seen it in our church where some of you have been in fights for your health and you've kept your courage. Some of you in your marriage where it hasn't been working right and you've kept your strength. 
There's been opportunities to get out or take a shortcut, and you haven't done it because you've kept courage. I promise you, the reward of the promise of God is on the way to those that can be strong and courageous. How do we step into God's promises? Well, we keep in step with Scripture. Okay, I know this one seems like a no-brainer, but you'd be shocked how many believers are getting their daily fuel from motivational speeches on TikTok or Instagram. Now, I am hating on those at all, but that's not where you find the promises of God. Like, I've got my own, like, music I listen to when I work out, and I'm gonna tell the truth in church, it is not redeemed music. <laughs> it's workout music. I have some edited songs in there, and the other ones I'm deleting right now because they're not good in Jesus' name. <laughs> but that will fire you up for a moment. But we don't build our life based upon our willpower. We've based on God's divine power. And we find that power in the process to which God works in his word. You need to find a promise from God in the word for the situation or the struggle that you are in. There are 7,487 promises of God to his people. Do all of them fit your scenario? Not even close. Are all of them historical? Yes. Are some of them, a lot of them, applicable to you right now? Yes, they are. How can I say that, even though it was something written 2,000 plus years ago? Because God's character doesn't change. Like, you might not like, have to pay your taxes in a couple weeks. You might not go fishing and, and pull out a fish that has a gold coin in it. Okay, that's maybe not a promise that you're gonna stand on. But what you can learn from that is that sometimes God will do things out of the box to get you what you need in your time of need. It reveals character of God to us. Because the Bible says God is not a respecter of persons. What he did for one, he'll do for all. What he did for one son or one daughter, he will do for you. So you're not just counting on that one particular promise. You're learning the promises of God that he always fulfills in Christ as a way for you to see the character of God for what it really is. Good, perfect, pleasing will of God will be yours when you have the right picture of who he is as a heavenly father. There's 7,000 plus scriptures. You need to find one, two, three that will fit your gun and you need to shoot it. Because it will build your faith. And we do not build by self-help. We build our life and our trust on Scripture. Have your heart set on Scripture. Joshua 1 verse 8, keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful. Listen, careful not to know it. How many of us know things that we don't do? How many of us know a promise that we're not believing? Not to know it, but to do it, everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. This is not prosperity teaching. This is God's blessing and favor that's for all of his sons and daughters. When we walk in the word, God brings reward. When our life's built on the word of God, Psalms chapter one, blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked or stand in the way that sinners take or sit in the company of mockers but whose delight is in the law of the word, who meditates on it day and night. He says, you're gonna be like a tree that's planted by the rivers of living water. You'll be green when everything else is brown. 
It says it does not matter the drought that you're in. It does not matter the, the recession that we might be tinkering on the brink of. It does not matter what's going on in the banking system or the stock market. When I'm stuck in the word, not everything's going to get solved in the moment, but I am stable in him because he is my source and my strength and my supply. And I will not wither when the sun's out. I will bear fruit in every season. Because part of keeping in script of the word of God is not going off script. To stay on script and to step into God's promises, some of you need to cut ties with yesterday. I think this is one of the biggest limiting factors in some of your life, is the inability to change a relational situation or to not deal with something detrimental that's in your heart. Joshua chapter three, verse five before they cross over into the waters and see the first miracle of the promised land. He says, I need you to consecrate yourselves today. Consecrate's a big spiritual word. What does it really mean? Live different, live right, do it the right way. Oh, well, when, when things start working out, then I'll do it. No, 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 do it today. And then what, tomorrow I'll do wonders. And if you can't do it today, you'll always be wondering, when will he do it? But if you'll do it today, if you'll cut ties with yesterday, if you'll deal with a cycle or struggle, addiction or sin, a behavior, an attitude, a problem, if you redefine a relationship that's out of order with God's word and you do it today, God says, tomorrow I will blow your mind with the wonders that I will do if you will do the hard work today of cutting ties with your yesterday. In Joshua 5, we won't go into detail and you'll understand why in a second. But it's time to be circumcised again. Thank you for that laugh. <laughs> now we know the circumcision of our lives in this new covenant is not one of flesh, but one of heart. But a generation that was raised in the desert, generations of parents were unfaithful. They had their time of obedience in that part of the covenant. But now it's time for a new generation to obey. And so what they do, they all got circumcised. Before Jericho, before the greatest victory in the conquest of the promised land was a time to renew their ownership and their part in the covenant, which means a cutting away of something being revealed for us now in this New Testament world we live in, New Testament reality, is that what is that area of your heart that God wants to perfectly, surgically, lovingly, gracefully cut away? Where do you need to change and cut ties with something you've allowed to linger for far too long. Real quiet up in this church. The whole generation had done their part before, but time was for a new generation. In other words, you're not living on mom and dad, grandma and grandpa's faith anymore. This is your sacrifice. This is your obedience. This is your ownership of your opportunity in this moment. Because there's just some things that God can't bless. God can't bless a place where he sits in second place. For some of you, that's in your thoughts and your behavior. For some of you, that's in your finances. God sits about fifth place in that area of your life. God can't bless that area of your life if he's not king or Lord. God can't bless disobedience. He'll give grace to it. He'll give mercy to it. You get another go tomorrow morning. But when you're directly disobeying something he's asking of you, God cannot bless that area of your life. God can't forgive someone that won't forgive. This is just scripture. Don't get mad at me. God can't bless pride. He hates it. Doesn't hate the prideful person. 
He has the pride that stops his best from being the reality in their life because God can give grace to the humble, but he has to resist the proud. God can't bless a gossip in their relationships because they cannot be trusted. God won't bless a shortcut where you take things into your own hands. He only blesses his way. And so what is the area where you need to cut ties or cut away that is stopping you from the promises? I bet you right now, if you don't know what it is, the Holy Spirit knows exactly what it is. If you'll ask him today, he'll tell you today. And then he will come in and remove every hindrance to the healthy heart that he can do his best through. To step into the promises, there is a time when you just need to keep obeying consistently, or I say it this way, keep walking quietly. Like we all get excited when everywhere I put my foot, you'll prosper. I mean, it was a lot of battles and it took a lot of faithfulness to get them to that finish line where they had peace on all borders and they all got their portion and it was time for them to build their life, their legacy, their lineage. In Jericho chapter six, divine messenger, I believe it's Jesus actually shows up in the Old Testament and tells Joshua, this is the battle plan to take down the walls. He says, every day you're gonna get up and you're gonna walk and you're gonna walk around the walls of Jericho. But he says, do not give a war cry and do not raise your voices and don't even say a word. And then there's a day coming where I'm gonna have you praise and sing and scream shouts of victory, but that is not today. I want you to learn how to follow me without a lot of loudness or fanfare. Every day I want you to get up and walk. It takes them on a seven day journey. It's one week, right? Every day of the week you're getting up and you're walking. In fact, I don't want you, in fact, what would they even have to say? We don't even know that Joshua told them that at the end they were gonna shout or scream. He just told them in the moment, the horns are gonna play as we walk, but you're gonna be quiet. And we're walking around these impenetrable walls of Jericho. I think all they could say is something like, hey, is this gonna work? Remembering it was their murmuring and complaining in the desert that cost them their destiny. And so God, this time around, I'm gonna tell you exactly what, don't say a thing until I say go. And there's just something beautiful, believer, because I think this, big talkers are rarely city takers. I see in our church, it's filled with people. You are faithful, obedient. Not, you don't need a lot of fanfare. I think it's a person that talks a lot or talks a lot of negativity even, grand boast of what they're gonna become. God just says, hey, will you learn to obey me in the quiet place? Can you follow me in the secret place where it's just me speaking to you? you faithfully obeying one day after the next, one foot in front of the other. Six days, they go around once and they go back without saying a word. I like, I like boxing when they walk to the ring or MMA fighters when they go to the octagon. I mean, there's a lot of noise going on, but the scariest dudes are the ones that don't say a word. They're just walking to the fight. I think there's something beautiful about that of us as believers that yeah, have a couple people you share in your kingdom crew as you share your dreams and there's accountability there. It's great. But it's just something about strength and resiliency over time where you are settled in your spirit that you know where God is taking you and you're just gonna walk slowly, faithfully, and obediently in the direction he's pointing you. Those are some of the most victorious believers on the planet. Because if you're a person that's talking to everyone and everything about all the things God's gonna do, I'm telling you something about just but then it comes the time. Day seven, they go around seven times. 
before they fight it, what they think is going to be a fight, ends up not being a fight at all. Not a single one of them died. God tears down the walls, and they ransack the place. The greatest enemy and greatest obstacle is done when they begin to praise and begin to worship. So for us, if we're going to step, there's a time to be quiet, and then there's a time to be loud. Time to be quiet is when nothing good is happening, you have nothing good to say, you just need to be quiet. And even in the moments like that, you need to learn to start praise and worshiping ahead of time before the walls come down. Anyone can shout when the victory is over. It takes a real believer to begin to praise and sing victoriously before the stronghold comes down. So we're going to keep praising victoriously. If you're going to say anything in a season where you're walking in a situation or a struggle or trying to walk into a promise and the plan of God for your life, if you're going to say anything, let it be praise. I think this is the most mature place a believer could ever get is that we're praising God in victory before we even see one moment of momentum in the battle. I like that they walk around and on that seventh day, that's the Sabbath day for them. For us in this New Testament life, we, we, we celebrate the Sabbath on a Sunday, but then they get together. We get together once a week and we sing celebration. You know, if you can come in here, and I hope you come in here to to get inspired by the words. My job to encourage you. It's my job to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. That's why if you're not involved in any ministry, you need to go to Next Steps today. I'm telling you, it's not about what we need from you. It's about what God has for you, being a part of a family of faith. But the most mature believers show up in this place excited and expecting to learn something. And the people that come with the expectation are the ones that normally receive. But when you come in just simply to worship God and glorify God in the gathering of the saints, tell you, that is a strong place where the promises of God will be yes and amen in your life. So we learn to sing, because if the enemy can silence your praise, he can stop God's power. Paul and Silas had the power of praise, set the captives free. If you can learn to praise, even before you see the problem resolved or the promise come to pass, God will free you and liberate you. Whatever happens on the inside will always happen on the outside, and God always starts here, amen? final thought to step into the promises we got to stay at it all day every day that's not the sexiest thing i've ever preached up here but it means every day i'm faithful every day destiny is a daily decision but listen when you're faithful all day every day god has the ability to show up one day and change everything but you will never get to that one day of breakthrough if you don't have the daily steps of obedience there's a story, one of my favorite stories in the book of Joshua where God made that one day special. In fact, he literally stopped heaven and earth in order to give them victory on that one day. And I don't know if it's today or not, but I know there is a day of victory coming for your life. Joshua chapter 10. Joshua gets up, they're winning this fight against really one of their last foes that they have to defeat. And they're winning this fight and they're absolutely dominating the enemy, but the sun's starting to go down. And Joshua knows if this gets delayed, the battle lingers longer. God, can we finish this situation now? Can we get the breakthrough now? Can we have the victory now? And Joshua in that boldness, why? Because he knew God's goodness and God's faithfulness. He gets up and prays one of the most prayer or faith-filled prayers you could ever understand. One of the most miraculous asks of God that's ever been uttered on the earth. He gets up and says, son, stand still. To me, you need to ask bigger of God. Stop the sun, God. Moon over the valley, stop where you're at. We need more time to win this, God. 
God, we need divine timing to have a divine victory. And God stops the sun and the moon and all of the galaxy and all of the universe. God says, okay, you want the victory? I can stop heaven and earth to get you the time you need for the battle you're in, for the victory I've prepared for you. I can shut it all down just so you can succeed. And we understand, man, there's a lot of days that have been going on and I haven't won the fight. There's a lot of years of obedience, or I believe for a long time, I haven't seen the relationship, the career move, the healing in my heart, my mind, my body. I haven't seen it yet, but I'm gonna pray bigger, knowing that the God that created everything can put it all on pause to make sure his promises come to pass in my life. It teaches me that God is never late in your life. You feel like time is running out, it is not running out. He does his greatest work at the end. He wants to show up and show off, because who gets the glory? The people on the battlefield? No, the God that stopped heaven and earth to bring breakthrough to his people. And he can do it for you. You thought it's all over. My season is past, the situation is over. God says, no, watch this. I can stop heaven and earth to help you in your fight. I can shut it all down so you can succeed. I'm not done yet. I get the final word. And the word for you, believer, is victory. The word for you is health and healing, restoration and peace. The promises of God are yes and amen. Because on that day when Jesus died, he shut down the sun and said, this is a divine reset for humanity. I will finish everything I promised in you in Christ. Can we glorify God? Can we worship him? He's still at work. He's not done yet. The sun has not gone down on God's strong hand. He knows what he's doing. And the longer you wait, the more glory he gives. God is not slow, Second Peter, in keeping his promises as we understand slowness, as we understand time. He's giving us time for repentance. He's giving us time to change. With every head bowed and every eye closed in here. Today is your time. I'm gonna pray over your battle. I'm gonna pray over your promise in a moment. But you cannot enter without Christ. If he isn't first, if he isn't first, it doesn't work. If you're here, God has not been slow with you. He's allowed you to come to this point to make the most important decision of your life. To have repentance, to have change in your life starts with elevating Christ as first in your life. No one looking around, just between you and God. If you've never given your heart to Jesus or you need to come back home to him, you've allowed, you've gone off script, you've gone off the path. It's time to come back home. If that's you, we're gonna pray a prayer all together as one family of faith. If you've never given your heart to Jesus, do not miss this moment. No one, not a single one of us has promised tomorrow. This promise is for right now, today. The Bible says today is the day of salvation. If that's you, I'm not gonna make you come up front. I'm not signing you up for church. I'm just gonna pray a prayer with you. We're all gonna pray together as one family. But I do think you need a moment of obedience, a moment of decision. If that's you, would you raise your hands and say, Pastor Kyle, that's me. I need a new beginning. I need repentance. I need change. I need to come back home to him. There's one, there's two, there's three of you. There's four of you. I see you, five of you. I see two hands up. Six of you. That's awesome. Seven of you. That's beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. Eight, nine. Come on, let's celebrate. Maybe that's you online or at Lansing. Come on. Oh, the beauty of a new beginning. Can we lift up our heads, open our eyes, and say this prayer together? Say this after me. Say, Heavenly Father.
I believe you love me. You're perfect. I'm not. I'm a sinner. I need a Savior. The good news is you've already sent one. His name is Jesus. He's paid the price for my sins. In his grave, my shame is buried, but he's not there. He is alive. He is the resurrection. He is the truth. He is the life. I receive him as my savior. From this moment on, I'm not looking back. I'm not going back. I'm moving on with Jesus as my king. My life is now his. In Jesus' name, amen. Can we celebrate? Come on. Beautiful. Hey, stay standing. I got pretty fired up, and I think you did too. There's one more thing I want to share. It's time to believe again. There's more. There's not just more stuff and more success. Real success is obedience to God, and when you walk in obedience to God, you're going to have success. You have success in your marriage. You have success in your career. Not everything's going to be streamlined and perfect. No, God will refine you in some battles. But the victory belongs to the Lord, and you belong to Him. God's promises are coming to pass in this church and in your life. At the very end of the book, or actually chapter 13, from chapter 13 to 24, goes real quick. It's just a short window of time, but at 13, it says, hey, we, we won the victory. The enemy's been vanquished. We, we've, we got this thing established. It says in verse chapter one, or chapter 13, verse one, when Joshua had grown old, the Lord said to him, you are now very old. Like Joshua, no, I'm just old. No, God's like, no, you're very old. But there's still large areas of land to be taken over to occupy. This is the land that remains. In other words, I know you've defeated the kings. I know you defeated the, the walled cities and you fought the battles and you've been victorious, but there's still the land that remains. And I'm going to say this to every believer, new in the faith, maybe those nine plus that just said yes to Jesus, those have been following him for a while, there's more. We believe here at Kingdom City that people are the promised land. That everything we're contending and believing for isn't just for ourselves, it's about what God does through us for the world around us. We're in resurrection season. We're in resurrection season. Our city needs it, our nation needs it, the world needs it. The people around you, they are the promised land that we are contending for. There is land that still remains. Get into church next week. Don't wait till Resurrection Sunday. Share your love of Jesus with them this week. Do not miss the opportunity that many people in this room just received to say yes to Jesus because that is why God has us here. And this is the kind of heart, listen, the kind of heart that will be in tune with him that cares about the expansion of the gospel and the bringing home of the lost sons and daughters is the kind of person God will pour out the most blessing and favor and promises fulfilled on their life. And if you haven't seen it yet, and I wanna pray for those that have been discouraged in just a moment, Habakkuk chapter two says, hey, you haven't seen it yet, don't worry. It hasn't happened yet, just wait. Slowly, steadily, surely, the appointed time is coming. It will all be fulfilled. If you're here and you've been discouraged and something hasn't happened in your maybe you thought it would happen one way and it didn't go that way and if something in your faith and praying in the promises of the goodness God is on the brink can you raise your hand in this room come on 
we're a community of faith. Who here has been a little discouraged that life hasn't worked out? Let me make this a little low bar. You're frustrated in your faith in some area where you haven't seen God show up. I have my hand up, not an illustration. I have my hand raised up because I need God to show up in some areas. Can we pray for you? Father God, I thank you. You are faithful. You are good. You are a rewarder of those that diligently seek you. Any area of our life where we lack diligence, obedience, or faithfulness, we thank you for your mercy and your grace. You met us here this morning, and you're growing us to be more like your son, Jesus. God, I thank you. No good thing will you withhold us. We walk with you as we walk uprightly. So, God, I thank you for every frustrated heart here. You're going to give them new faith and courage to follow you. We're going to get some promises from God's word, and we're going to start to walk them out. We're going to be quiet about the negative things and loud about our praise to you. And, God, I thank you. If You've got to stop everything in our world to give us solution, answer, and blessing. We're willing to trust you all the way through. I speak encouragement for those that are discouraged. I speak faith to those that are in fear. I speak peace to those that are in storms. I speak blessing and favor for those that have been following you, Jesus. I speak open doors of destiny where there's been delays or denials. I speak breakthrough and miraculous provision to those that have been in lack. And Lord, for every discouraged heart, as we turn our eyes, not at our situation, but to the faithfulness of our God, I thank you. Hope is rising, and with it comes faith. And faith will not disappoint. It has a reward. So God, I thank you. Would you reward your children with blessing, favor, promotion, and peace, all for your glory, not for ours. In the mighty name of Jesus, if you receive that, let's get a little Jericho yell of praise and victory in here. Amen. Amen.